Hi, I'm Ricardo Deacon. And I'm Orla McInnes. And welcome to The Recommendation Game, a film of the week podcast where we pick a movie that the other hasn't seen, we meet to discuss it, and here we are meeting to discuss it. <laughs> Today's film was picked by Orla. It is Dogtooth from 2009, directed by Yorgos Latimos, produced by Iraklis Mavroides, <laughs> Athena Rachel Tsangari, Yorgos Surianis, written by Yorgos Latimos, and Eftitlis Filipao. Cinematography by Themios Bakatatakis, edited by Yorgos Mavropsaridis, starring Christo Stergiglou, Michelle Valli, Angeliki Papolia, Maritzoni, Christos Pasalis, and Anna Kalatsidou. Jeez. Wow. Thank God it's not the pronunciation game. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a side uh, yeah. <laughs> spin-off podcast. <laughs> Just me mispronouncing with words. For an hour every week. The worst thing is that I'll mispronounce English words, never mind Greek words. Uh, the IMDb, uh, I'll give you a warning, is one of the, the worst ones so far. As in that we it's say that every week. <laughs> no, it's that this one is barely in English. Uh, three teenagers live isolated without leaving their house because their overprotective parents say they can only leave when their dog tooth falls out. That's kind of a spoiler, sort of, as well. Because I like the idea of this film that you kind of think that it may be one of those films where the, the name has no real uh, connection or, you know, is never really mentioned or you're never quite giving a very explicit meaning to the. So that's kind of, you go into it wondering what the word dog tooth has to do with anything and. Like, I don't think that's not the whole um, reveal of what that the uh, dog tooth actually means doesn't come until quite well into the film, doesn't that? So, yeah, like it's a, that's quite, a pretty long way in. Yeah, no, not that it's like crucial, but in a way, it's crucial to the kind of a development of the end plot and everything. So, anyways, uh, Orla, why did you pick this movie? Um, well, I have absolutely no idea what you were going to think of this. Um, because I can't even remember if we ever talked about the lobster and um, or if you'd seen one of his other two movies. Um, I think that this is a film that if you don't, if it doesn't really capture you right off the bat, that it's just not going to work for you. Like I think it, it's a kind of film that it doesn't, it can't really grow on you because you're dropped right into it and it, it's you're immediately within this very intense world. So I feel if you can't kind of get on board with it um, and his kind of unusual off, that's not the right word, his kind of unusual style, then I just don't think it's going to work for you. But um, I don't think this is a perfect film. Um, like, I don't know if he's made a perfect film or like, like a, a, a completely realized film for what he's trying to do. Like even The Lobster, I really liked The Lobster, but I don't think it, com- it completely works. But I just really, really wanted to talk about this guy because I think he's just like fascinating and, and working, creating, like producing really different films. And it feels like now with The Lobster as well that he's kind of slowly making his way into the mainstream and slowly getting bigger budgets and slowly like The Lobster was seen by a lot more, like a lot of people. Um, which well, it has just, a much bigger cast. Than, well, yeah, um, and as a, like, an English a co-production as well. as well, and you know, like a lot of reasons. But um, uh, I think it's going to be interesting as he as he moves forward, what he what he does with you know, he's not kind of staying in kind of like European cinema or whatever under the radar. So um, yeah, I was just <laughs> keen to talk about it and keen to hear what you thought. So Ricardo, what did you think? Well, first of all, uh, talking about the Lobster, I it's a movie that I really, really, really enjoyed. Yeah. 
uh, funny thing is that I live in Clondalkin and in the restaurant at the end is one of the biggest restaurants in Clondalkin, so it's very weird. Yeah. Uh, outside is like the, the work for the nice road uh, <laughs> overpass. It. So it's Just like, out of focus. it's very dated for me that way. Um, but something that I, um, I think that I wish that I had seen this movie before I saw The Lobster. Yeah. Because I think that in The Lobster, he has a very unique voice and a very yeah. unique style. And I think in The Lobster, uh, he it is more fully realized than mm. this movie. Yeah, I agree with that. And especially because it is way more out there that the entire world is this way. Yeah. The coming back because it is basically the same kind of performances and same weird off-key sense of yeah. humor that permeates all his work. Um. But to be honest, I don't know what to make of this movie. <laughs> uh, as in, I, I'll definitely watch it again to to really get a better hold of I, it. This, it takes two watches, definitely. It's it's a combination, like as a piece of work and what he tried to do, or what the film is, I have yeah. no gripes about. Yeah. Is that parts of the movie made me feel extremely uncomfortable, but not... In a way that I think that the movie does uh, earned yeah. to make me feel that uncomfortable. Uh, like it tackles like very big issues. Yeah. But considering how close to reality this movie is. As in like you can compare. There's even a documentary that came out last year called Wolfpack. That it's a similar I kind of thing. I thought of Wolfpack as well. Especially with the um, them yeah, kind of uh, using the movies and reenacting them and stuff. Yeah. And using kind of um, pop culture to escape the world that they're trapped within. Yeah, and the, obviously the the kids in Wolfpack had a lot more freedom and understanding what the world. Yeah. The the exterior and world. They is. were living in a city as well. They were. Yeah, they're not living a lie per se. It's that they have no freedoms, which yeah. is completely different to what happens in this movie. But also, if you look a room and uh, yeah, uh, what's his face. Um, the Austrian guy that kept his family in the basement. Oh, um, uh, Fritz. Um, yeah, Fritzo, Joseph Fritzo. Yeah. The I think that that might have been after this movie came out. I can't I remember think it exactly. Was, yeah. But considering That's the the recent. parallels that, yeah, yeah, that yeah. has happened, it made me feel extremely uncomfortable. And because he doesn't say enough about that subject yeah. in the movie itself. Uh, I don't think it is earned, but then again, uh, it could be just on a first watch because I wasn't expecting it to be as out there. I knew what the movie was about. Yeah. And I knew his style from watching The Lobster. Yeah. And I had seen the trailer before, which reveals the the kind of crazy world that they live in. Yeah, but not not quite how it unfolds. Yeah. Like that's, I don't know if, if it's like not the same person cutting all his trailers, but like the trailer for Alps, which is another film, is very similar to the trailer for Dogtooth and that it's it's giving you very g- brief glimpse of the style, but in, in no way how the film actually plays out. So when I, I haven't actually seen Alps, so I don't know how that the trailer relates to the film, but in Dogtooth it's it's not it doesn't give you a sense of exactly how intense this film well, is. Well Alps is a lot more out there than any of the other movies this is. I, I yeah. haven't seen it but a reviewer uh, when reviewing the lobster. Yeah. So it Men, described yeah. uh Dogtooth basically in its simplicity 
uh, as a plot, and then it said uh, describing the plot of Alp is a futile. <laughs> I think endeavor. Alps may have a, a lot more characters as well, and a lot more. Um... I'd be disappointed if it's not about Toblerone. <laughs> Elements. But yeah, like I, I, in a filmmaking level, I have no complaints. Yeah. It's more like not to say in a moral level. I don't want to be like in a high horse or anything. Because I don't think it's way offensive. Yeah, it's just... But it touches things that it's... I don't know if it earns having those things. Yeah. Okay, uh, well, let, let's, let's get into it. Okay. You're talking about the incest. Yeah, uh, but also like the... Some of the violence? Not part. It is the the incest, the, the two scenes and the way that it is played so... Uh, horrifically because it is so nonchalant about what's yeah, going on yeah i think like like sexuality and then how that's related to like um uh, like the gender roles and everything i think is, is 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 like a massive part of this film and what i think is is just fascinating and unsettling and is, is like basically the second scene of this film is the first sexual encounter with um, the security guard, yeah, and immediately you like you get exactly how he plays and how he stages the whole thing, where it's like up until they're basically naked, uh, well, up until it's kind of like developing, it's one wide shot, and yeah, it's it's this weird, it it's not clinical necessarily. It, it, nonchalant is the right word. It, it's like showing sex as, as as a weird perfunctory yeah it's a it's a physiological release that they yeah. hired her for there's, there's no, no romance no attachment but not even any violence or any aggression or he's almost as because i think that like when i talk about like sexuality being a theme in this i think it like people not understanding what sexuality even is yeah. is a big part of this and not like <clears throat> and there's a difference there between how he deals with it and how or how they deal with his sexuality and how they deal with the girl's sexuality which is essentially not at all it doesn't exist it's not there it's you know like they they have no concept of their bodies or or you know like in the girls it's more extreme and the in the sun it's he's obviously more aware because he's had sex he understands how it works but you know he doesn't quite he doesn't you know he's not the whole thing is like um just matter of fact she's brought in and it's almost that like he does it because he's been told to there's no you know you know it's a means to an end there, there's absolutely no feeling behind it or no you know it's in in a lot of ways like um christine christina 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 it's Christina. Um, she's obviously all, almost more in control of that situation because yeah. um, I think actually I'm going to talk about this later, but the character of Christina is very interesting. Um, I understand what you mean about him not quite earning the scenes, but in a lot of ways it feels throughout this movie that it's it's inevitable. Yeah, it is know? building up to it. Yeah. Uh, but it's not. that's why I'm not completely yeah, offended yeah, by yeah. it. It's just... They're not, they don't come out of the blue. Yeah, and as well, the way that yeah. he, he deals for her reaction afterwards, that she starts quoting Rocky or something. Yeah, that, because she has no words. Yeah, that to... she doesn't understand what happened. Then yeah. you don't really know from how the, the scene is shot, if she enjoyed it or not, etc., etc. But it's particularly the, the scenes that he omits. Yeah. 
that they say oh the one of the kids are gonna uh, have to take the duty once he beats christina yeah. with a vcr over the head <laughs> so um, <clears throat> but it's maybe maybe it'll be better if we let him choose yeah and then but there's no scene of them talking to the girls about what was gonna go down let's say yeah and especially with this world that they created to the kids yeah that like words have different meanings etc etc that I think that it was a necessary scene to really plan how far their psychological enslavement of them is. Yeah. I Especially think, because it is such a... I, yeah, I think that this psychological entrapment is, is really... Because I think, obviously, there are comparisons between um, this and, uh, like, the, the Fritzl thing and everything, and, and, and Room as well. But obviously, like, there, there are no... Or even to Mustang. There's a lot of comparisons to Mustang in this. But... um. There, you know, there are no bars on their windows. There are no, obviously, like they, the father and mother use punishment and fear. It's like it's it's like two things of fear and um, like distraction, essentially, to keep them trapped in trapped in this world yeah. where you know they they could escape. There, you know, there are high walls, but they could very easily get out. But they are completely kept in the world because they have they know nothing outside of it except what they are told from the parents. So it's the fear of the outside and then also the like they're the weird preparations they go through and like the weird play fighting and the, the you know and the, the kind of playing doctor and you know like I think I think that what's interesting is um kind of like how same in Mustang how and I suppose any movie where people are trapped but it's very very like um at the forefront of this where you're waiting for some kind of rebellion or escape because it's completely pent up and how the distractions yeah. are the fear is still working but the distractions aren't like they're you know these these they're not children anymore they may be infantilized but they have grown up bodies and you know grown up strengths yeah. so the, you know the, the the swimming in the swimming pool and the you know the playing with the planes and the stickers and everything all these distractions are slowly but surely you know i think that's why it made me feel so uncomfortable it's because they're so childlike yeah even though it's it felt let's say to it, it called back to suspiria the Dario Argento movie ah. that in that movie originally he wanted to uh in the script it was eight-year-old kids yeah. And the producers were like, no, 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 no. <laughs> So they made them like 16, 17. Yeah. But they kept exactly the same script. Yeah. So it gives this sense of like weirdness because it's 16 year olds talking like eight year olds. But they created even more the effect of the infantilization by even like the door handles are really high. So they feel small in yeah. the, in the, in the scene. And I think that because there wasn't any sexuality in the movie, well, there is, but it's more, uh, whatchamacallit, it's more suggested than shown. Yeah. Is that this movie is very, very graphic. Yeah. It's not a lot of movies that are nominated for a Best Foreign Picture yeah. Oscar and you have full frontal male and female nudity. Yeah. But and in and in that <clears throat> and in the same way of it's not it's not like um it's not pervy but yeah. not necessarily like uh like clinical either yeah you know it's this weird middle like matter of fact kind of it's very it's very european in a lot of ways yeah the treatment of nudity but also not very dutch but no way 
like um it's like not a sen- Paul Verhoeven it's, it's movie not, like, either it's not pervy but it's not necessarily sensual it's not it's it's this weird you, you know like um just yeah matter of fact i think is the best way of explaining it like especially the treatment of of how you see like the full nudity like that you was you know yeah and just to, get, to finish on that point because like there are a lot of other things to talk about this movie yeah it's just that the especially in the scene that is like the the full incest scene when uh, he has sex with his older sister yeah that you're even though she her comments seem like really weird before you realize that she's doing movie quotes mm. that you don't realize how it was for her that's the th- because you are shown the the original sex scene you know that the guy is doing exactly the same thing yeah because there's no sexuality attached to it it's almost like it's i don't mechanical. know yeah you can almost imagine that the the parents told him that oh you have to clear your system up yeah, otherwise yeah. you get sick yeah, yeah. or something like that yeah and this is the only way to do it or the probably that this is a way of like you know it'll encourage your dog tooth to fall out or something it's you know it's all a rite of passage it's all leading up to yeah and i think that because you know his position but you don't know how she's feeling as well because we don't have the scene of how they described what she has to do yeah at that time and also for somebody that has never had a sexual encounter it's not do you think that do you think that would have been really necessary i think it would have been necessary because of where the movie goes afterwards of how it is sold to her and as well considering how big of like they're already robbed of an identity and uh yeah and a humanity because of the way that they're brought up and especially for the girls the only thing that they have left that there is their own is their bodies and in this moment they gift her body to the older brother yeah and i think that it just not that it had to be a big scene or anything just or even afterwards something more from her character i didn't to, like cause during... because i know that it starts to <clears throat> shift to her freedom almost yeah. but because that started before with her watching movies that her <clears throat> for example if that scene had come in earlier in the movie yeah and it was the starting point for her becoming rebellious then I like I, I wouldn't have as many complaints about it. Yeah. Is that it? It is, it, it it is treated as just another thing that this family does, but it's just pushing the envelope further and further for what uh, the parents are willing to give up to keep their kids yeah. being raised the way that they believe they I, have to yeah, be raised. Yeah, I don't know. Like I think that it's kind of like an illustration of how the fact that there are shots of her during the act itself where she looks like she's in discomfort but as well you have to take into like the fact that not only does she know concept of sex or sexuality or you know she's the same perfunctory idea of of as from the uh as the brother does we assume but that she's you know is she in discomfort because it would be it's the first time or is it because inherently does she know that there's something wrong you know we're not sure from those shots you don't know because she's kind of like biting her lip that is to kind of because it is supposed to be silent like they're not supposed to be screaming in the house is she enjoying it and keeping let's say a moan down or is she in discomfort and i don't mind that mystery like because there's so many mysteries in the movie i don't need that 
question answered is that I felt that that scene only lasts about two, three minutes. Yeah. And then the preceding moments, two, three minutes, let's say. And it just feels like choked in the movie. And even though there is a slight build up to that scene, mm. there's no real repercussion from it because she's already freaking out before it happens. It could be like the the drop, the the last drop of water or whatever, the overfill the glass, whatever the expression is. But Yeah, but I think though that the fact that after they have sex and she's the only way she can feel to deal with it is to use the words from the movie because I think the, the idea of it is is that she doesn't really feel anything pop pain I would imagine but that she doesn't really feel anything from it like and because she is so she has no language to express it but even within her own mind and her own feelings she has no way to process them because she doesn't you know like she so yeah, because he put the penis on her keyboards <laughs> her keyboard, yeah oh yeah the use of language and this is just uh is fascinating i wish i knew greek because like just from watching the lobster uh, yeah. you get so much from the the inflections yeah. and stuff yeah that yeah but um so i i kind of understand i understand what you mean but um I, I felt that that was more powerful that she almost has no reaction because of neither of neither anger nor fear nor no, enjoyment. I don't nor... mean like, I quite enjoyed that, like the yeah. mystery of not knowing what was going through her head. But as in a film structure or even a character structure, yeah. After that moment, it's kind of forgotten about. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I it's, know what you mean. It, yeah. It is because it's quite far into the movie as well and. Yeah, and it is a moment that you can tell that it's like a, a threshold that they the, the parents uh, weren't willing to cross until they felt that they have to cross it. So yeah. that even well, they it's, knew it's that much it's about, something... It's, yeah, it's as much about them spiraling further out of control than it is about like the kids' rebe- possible rebellion because they're becoming more and more desperate, you know, like they, where they get rid of Christina with a VCR and um, <laughs> that's something very funny about that scene um, and I think the wife is like um, you know oh well, we need to get another Christina and he's like oh no we can't trust anyone like he's at this point he you know he's not willing to bring anyone else in to corrupt the family because it's already it's already become we've come too close to corruption so that it is like the this is the last you know for however many years because he's clearly in his 20s you know, this was kind of like the last ditch attempt to to prevent their kind of um, escape or discovery uh-huh. or, or, you know, whatever. I did, a, uh, did at the same time uh, think that it was the correct decision to make one of the girls the one that it was the truly rebellious one. Yeah. There are moments that you think that the, the boy is going to be <laughs> the one that is going to try to break loose. Yeah. But then... You realize, because in the beginning, it seems that the three of them are one person. And then it's very subtly as you go along. That They're you, separate little yeah. personalities. Yeah. And I like I did like quite a lot the way that he builds on the mystery, never answers any questions. As in what mm. happened to the other brother? Uh, yeah, what, well, it's it's kind of. Why they was have there, scars. Was there a brother? I think so, because when the. The, the dude is like throwing rocks and he gets uh, punished because he's throwing rocks over the wall. Yeah. He's arguing that the brother never cleaned the car well. 
Yeah. And he's talking about the past, about like the one time that he forgot the uh, car deodorant. And that the brother never forgot car deodorant, but the car was never as clean as when he did it. Yeah. But it's never really clear whether he's like... If he's been, like not invented it, but that he's been told that or... You know, it's never. I don't. I, it's kind of hard to know whether or not there was a brother. I think who... it, I, my idea is that my understanding of the movie is that there was a brother, and whatever happened to the brother, and I think it's probably related to why all of them have scars. Yeah, I did notice that, which never explained either. That something happened, maybe a car crash or something. Probably it could have been the older brother, and they had like he was driving them around. And he was like part of society, and then crashed the car or something and through trauma they forgot something of how life was outside but it's kind of weird as well that they don't know what a cat is and they don't know what other things are so it also directs your attention that this is the only light they have ever known yeah it's possible that there was a brother but or maybe he escaped or yeah or maybe they were yeah maybe he tried to escape and was prevented from escaping or or maybe he died in an accident, the way you described it, and that's one of the things that led the parents to trap to keep their children from the outside yeah. world. You know, because that's never explained either why they do it. Why? Why? You know, like it's it's all it's kind of like their their excuse to each other and to kind of like um is and to us as well through how they you know keep talking about um the dangers of the outside world, the corruption of the outside world, and and. That it's some sort of warped protection of them. So yeah. maybe there was an event that caused that. Yeah, that precipitated the, the issue. You know. But it's also like even in the timeline that is interesting. Like when he goes to a factory and he's talking about his wife inviting his co-worker for dinner. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, she's still in her wheelchair. And uh, so it's not that it's completely recent. But uh, his wife, Alisa, has been out in the public eyes for a couple of years now. Yeah, well, you get you get from her that even though she's clearly under his thumb to a certain extent, and is almost like his proxy in the house when he's not there, um, that they both lived normal lives, and you know understand the real world. Like she hasn't been shut up in the way that they have for her entire life. This is like a fucked up version of Captain Fantastic or something. Yes, exactly. You know, he didn't pluck her from another cult, you know, and bring her here so she has no concept. Like, she understands the real world. And, and you know, you can see that through how um, she also controls them and comes up with as many ideas as to, like, you know, like the pregnancy and everything. Like (laughs) She's giving birth to (laughs) two kids and a dog. (laughs) I love that as well, that... Like, all they have are their weird little prizes and their rooms. So the idea of, like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to have another kid, um, but you'll have to give up on your rooms. And they're like, no, 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 no. And she's like, oh, well, if you're good, we won't have the children. You know, like, this whole... Um, it's interesting, like... Like, they don't even understand perspective that when an airplane goes yeah, up and Just then... basic, basic kind of, um, like, physics, basically, of, of like, of... Spe- you know, like, just weird things where... They've all they've clearly been given medical books. Yeah. But the other things that they don't understand and even how um <clears throat> the words that they're learning, a lot of them are quite basic, but when they're used in sentences, they're often used in sentences with other large words. Like yeah. they're not 
they're not being given baby talk. Yeah. They're being given language. It's just this weird warped. warped yeah. Yeah. I think Jinx. that <laughs> the um, uh, one of the things I think is, is I don't know if it's necessarily something I like because it is so unsettling, but like what you're saying about um, how infantilized the children are. And I think that the three performances are like just like even just in like the youngest and how she speaks and it everything she says it's like they all do it but she does it especially that it's it's like when she's recycling from the tapes when they're reciting it's like she's just reciting a script but yeah. and, and like every the weird um the cadence of her voice just the way it's it's ever her sentence structure and the, like the way she says things is just it's like unsettling like just yeah that she thought about <clears throat> it and then she constructed the phrase and yeah. then she goes for it yeah it didn't me it did feel completely uncomfortable and i think that that is earned in a way how uh really it is about abuse not necessarily physical abuse because mm. i think yeah maybe once they get hit maybe uh yeah well she gets hit with the vhs yeah uh, which he duct tapes to his hand. That's <laughs> so bizarre. And I was like, what? what's he doing? Otherwise, it's just psychological abuse of years and years and years and years. Like I said, that they take everything from them. Yeah. Even their identity until the, the oldest one like regains her identity by getting her face kicked in with a fucking dumbbell to, to get out. Yeah. It's all, it's amazing as well in that scene that like her, her escape that she does everything to escape but at the same time still following the rules. Yeah, set like out she that's there. it. Is that like it's it's this weird it's it's like rebellion but you know she's like it's she still believes in what they've told her. Yeah, can't leave like, she can't, if you're not outside the car, so she gets yeah, exactly, and she still she won't leave until she hits her, the tooth out because you can't leave until yeah. the tooth is gone. So left or right doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> That scene whenever they're they're reciting that. Um, I, I love them. Um, uh, oh, who wants to hear Grandpa saying it? He puts <laughs> fucking Frank Sinatra. Oh god, they use popular culture, and this is just like. Oh yeah, like like the, both controlled in that instance, and then almost like like not controlled whenever like the tapes are brought in and everything. But just oh, when she gets the VCRs and then she watches fucking Rocky, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. <laughs> And she's Jaws. acting it out and then she jumps in. oh yeah where she's like fucking do her <laughs> Stallone Adrian yeah, but when does she start swimming pretending to be the shark it's like she clearly didn't get the point of the movie that was like <laughs> the second movie you've ever saw I'd be like I'd never get in the water again and and the, the youngest sister is actually uh they name her Bruce. Like they start screaming Bruce, Bruce, or oh, something. Oh, well, she no. That's it's the eldest daughter that she said I want to be called Bruce because from, like, and the, there's like a whole scene with the two siblings. So then um, she's getting up and walking around, and um, she or it is the oldest sister that she wants to be called Bruce, isn't it? So then she's like yeah. Bruce, and then she like turns around to do the whole like weird acting thing of like this is my name now. So then whenever they're running down after her and they're like barking and everything, whenever she's escaped, she's in the bush. And um, that's what she's screaming. She's screaming Bruce. Like, because that's her name now that it's, yeah. you know. And then she's like, oh, but the thing is mad as well. Is whenever that scene. Um, I think that is, it's weird that she picked that because Bruce was the name that they gave to the animatronic shark in Jaws. 
Yeah. I, I can't remember VHS tapes have him making Oster. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good point, actually. Because it's like Brody and somebody else, and there's... Like, there is no Bruce in... Yeah, like, it's it, it's just like, call me Apollo Creed. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Maybe it was in, like, the credits? I don't know. Like She obviously sat and watched them over and over and over again because she can recite. Yeah. You know, so I don't know, but... I love it in that scene where the other sisters then then is like, oh, what can I be called? But she has no other names because she never heard any other yeah, names. It's like so, elder or young. Uh, yeah. The... So she says, um, I can't remember what she says. She says like elbow or something. And she's like, oh, well, that's not a name. You know, and she's like, oh, you know, she can't. Yeah. It's like this weird, this weird, there, there's like a massive blank within their, their minds that, yeah. you know, that. And I think it's fascinating as well, like in the performances, the way um, they stand and walk and act like children, like the girls have no, the boy doesn't do it as much because the boy has been given more of a gender identity through, even if he doesn't quite understand it through like the sex and the fact that he's kind of more doted upon slightly by the by the father. Yeah. Um. So he, he stands, he still stands like a boy, but he's more more like a like a teenage boy maybe yeah even like the the white clothing and everything they look like nazi youth yeah (laughs) whereas the girls have no concept of their bodies or or being young women they they still stand like little girls they're just you but not even like little princesses they're just they have they've no real it's like it's the weird kind of posture of um of um i don't like robots i guess or or you know, not even to do with like um, sexualization or whatever, but just that they almost as if like they project nothing from their stance. Well, it's almost like militaristic. Yeah. The, the way that like, when you see all like footage from any military school, the it's like kids marching and stuff like that, that they gain that posture of yeah standing to attention, even though they're not standing to attention. Like the Von Drabs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, quite. Uh, <laughs> but like, with no love to the motherland, <laughs> um, good old Edelweiss. Well, it's it, I like as well that it's set in the eighties, but you don't really know until the VCR tapes come yeah, out. Yeah, or like the, the car, I guess. Expect. But yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's Greece. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's uh, true. <laughs> oh, I kind of like that though. That it's uh, other than that, you're never really sure when this is set. But at the same time, there's no. But when you realize not... it as well is that the, the, the actual aesthetic of the movie kind of pays off because yeah. it, it looks like an 80s picture as well. But it doesn't it doesn't necessarily feel like um, a sort of like village type reveal either. Yeah. It's not and it's not that they are living in perpetual 80s where the rest of the world has broadband. You know, it's it's you know, the the, the, the tapes are brought in from the outside. Yeah. So it's not you can tell, you know, that they're not they're not quite as kind of um separate from it as that which i think um i think that's part of his uh strength as a filmmaker though is um how he kind of is creating just abnormal worlds where they're like absurd but still set within like normal societal like the idea of like the family or yeah in uh like in lobster house you know like romantic relationships and sort of like societal norms or in um alps it's um death and like grieving yeah you know like these massive which is a very greek thing as well like these massive kind of um uh trials of life or norms of life where he creates little worlds within them that are just slightly off 
obviously this goes much further beyond that then but it's still within the idea of the family so that it, it you can identify it, the things within it but it, it's unsettling because it's just identifiable enough to our normality yeah. you know what i mean where like and that it's it's kind of like a mirror but you know like a it's like a warped mirror or something it's like a mirror that it is like like in the foam fair they just see the yeah the but not, not that it's like parroting it it's like showing society to itself through absurdity but like uh, uh, the 80s as well said against uh, uh, a second week in a row that it's a reference to et <laughs> but i felt uh even the way that the house is designed inside and when they're having dinner the way that a shot is very yeah. similar to not only spielberg but like joe dante and stuff like that that would be like very 80s family movie yeah kind of even like the kind of the their their sitting room and everything the way kind of the sofas are and everything and it it, it, it feels very 80s it has that kind of like um I think there's a lot of there's definitely wood paneling going on somewhere in that house as well, which made me think of kind of like um, or even like their 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 version of like make believe in this movie. If they were younger, you wouldn't, and the parents weren't there. Yeah, it'd be almost like a fucked up version of the Goonies or something. You yeah. know that they're creating this world and then it's like it's true or something. It, but it goes somewhere else. That's they're why weird I, little games. Yeah, that's why I think that maybe uh, the the Suspiria effect happened. Uh, yeah he realized he couldn't make this movie with 16 15 13 year olds but he, yeah but he, he went the other way but he just cast people and made them perform as if they were 13 or 16 or yeah some of that. well yeah he he would have would have been too far to make them actually younger yeah but like, i think that in a way it would be it, legal well like. yeah but i i still it is it's still it's all it's more interesting to have them that they're older because it's it's the idea that they've this has been going on for so long like the entirety of their lives um is being within this world like it's the idea that they could be you know he could be 20 21 22 um like that's just frightening and unsettling and also the extent of how far the father will go yeah. kind of freaked me out to no end like he's a interesting character because you don't know what his motivations are yeah because he clearly very in a really fucked up way and uh, I'm saying that expression quite a lot this episode, but there's <laughs> no other totally way of saying it. No, that's it's totally appropriate. Like he clearly <laughs> loves his kids. He truly thinks that he's doing right by them. Yeah. But obviously, he's nowhere near doing even barely okay. <laughs> um, maybe because I don't have an experience of like the the normal nuclear family for what 17, 18 years. Yeah. That my the way that I relate to that movie, it's different than I'd say you relate because you had the nuclear family. Yeah. And like, especially getting to be as an adult. So I didn't have that point of reference to realize the parody. You know what I mean? Mm. Of I don't know if that like sitting there was like, I wonder if somebody that uh, grew up with uh, the Maybe. two parents in the Maybe. household would have a different take in the movie that I did. Not like completely, yeah. but have a different emotion when they're sitting at the dinner table and stuff like that, or when. Yeah, but your family still is a family. You're still a close unit. Yeah, but like the dynamics are completely different. Let's say. Yeah. Because even like when. But is my... that not kind of the point of the film though? Is that like there is no normal that every family is kind of, you know, 
no family is the same that there, like there the is first line of, there is uh, no idea of the, the you know the ideal to paraphrase family. leo tolstoy to class <laughs> up the joint uh, the opening on Karenina that every f- happy family is happy in the same way and every happy family is so happy in their unique ways yeah and but yeah like the kind of you know that's you know very american idea of like the nuclear family of, yeah. of kind of not that it's only an american idea but all of the mother the father and the two kids and you know and the sort of the very standard kind of gender roles within that as well and obviously being a very kind of like 1950s ideal of, of kind of like you know think of like the advertising and stuff around yeah. that and creating this weird kind of commercial ideal of the of average that doesn't really correlate to any family when you think about it that you know like you can level it at someone but you at the same time you know i can't say any that you know your family is so different or you know because we don't know because we don't it's it is that very unique thing of you cannot really know what it's like to be within a family yeah it's like a a line from uh, 20th century women yeah (gasps) which i loved the uh annette benning goes to gertha gerwig the you'll see my son as he is i'll never be able to see him that way and it is true like you can never know what it is truly what how families behave when you leave out the front door kind of thing but the the other thing that i was gonna say it's like the christina character is quite interesting that she's willing to to get involved in all these things it's funny like i didn't really think about it until i watched it this time that in some ways christina is almost like another villain because she knows that this is going on. She knows, like, she's been warned that, you know, you don't... She's obviously been told that you don't tell them anything, you don't give them anything, you know, that don't interact with them. You know, you bring them, you go have sex with them, I give you money and that's it. And, like, to a certain extent, she's willing to go along with it. But she's doing it completely self-serving. And then she manipulates the, the, yeah, the girl and then to... She, to yeah. ba- like, basically, she f- fakes her to, like... Yeah. It's a weird thing of somebody uh, doing a sexual act on you but, but having no concept of yeah it. like it's so, almost like a weird mental rape almost. Uh, yeah the you know the and she knows that you know like she's not like the brother where the brother is uh, you know engaging in the incest and almost has even has, has no real concept of incest so where she lives in the real world she has an apartment of her own she has a job you know, she probably has boyfriends, whatever, as normally like socialized and yet is willing to go into this house where these people are being kept psychologically and to manipulate them herself and essentially use the boy in the same way, make money from it and yet never tell anyone. Yeah. You know, that it's... Makes her even uh, worse than the parents because at least the parents have a... A warped, a warped idea, love, yeah, or caring or protection but or whatever. It, it shows how you, the thing that you referred to earlier on that they don't have a concept of sexuality. That mm. obviously, uh, by her reaction from getting uh, oral sex from the the eldest girl or youngest girl, no, eldest girl, that she goes like, oh, because she gets the movies. So, mm. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the. She goes to her younger sister. Oh, if you lick me, I'll give you something. Yeah, but and she just think, says her shoulder. Yeah, because she yeah. didn't know that the pleasure was. Even in one yeah. moment, she goes. Uh, the, obviously, she's been trying different things because she goes like, "I like that getting licked in the belly button really or something." Do anything for me? Why is she not kidding me? This, you know, like the confusion yeah. and the like weird, 
like experimentation and her other sister having no concept of what she's doing because she hasn't had the other experience. Yeah, and then in the end, the, the boy kisses the girl, like, the, yeah. the boy kisses the youngest girl while they're, like, afraid or something because the eldest disappeared. Yeah. VCRs. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't get beat up with a DVD anyways. <laughs> If you gaffer taped enough of them to your hand, you could probably really hurt somebody. Yeah, my collection of SD I DVDs. How, I love how that's his um, that's his go to weapon as well. It's like he goes because you're watching, you're like, what? he really what? hits her like a bit of the fucking tape, to, yeah. like the 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 spooler just went flying, and yeah. I was like, Jesus, that's oh, not sound, and that is just Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you about um, the visual style of the movie because you said earlier that you couldn't really fault it, but um, this is a very, um, it's not unique, but it, in a way it's kind of unique to him because he works with the same cinematographer, I think, in all his movies. But um, it's it's a very um, like consistent style and I was uh, curious what you thought that added to the movie. Well, uh, Themius Batatatakis, Batatatakis <laughs> is... Uh... I like his name. T's and K's. Uh, he's a like clearly a very good uh, cinematographer. If you, if you worked with him, I think that it is a very formal style that he adopts, but it creates a sense of normality to, to the world. That otherwise, if you're shooting him with fisheye lenses, let's say, or going crazy with your camera work, yeah, it wouldn't lend to such a realistic vibe in the in the entire let's say like the same way he goes to pick up the dogs it's shot like 1970s yeah. like uh new hollywood <laughs> almost cinema verite kind of moment yeah. and it's like for one a scene that is hilarious and two a scene that is never referred back to until she says that she's gonna like, <laughs> yeah. like give birth like, to I'll, a good I'll, dog i'll get the dog tomorrow yeah it's interesting um I only read, I didn't know this, I read this earlier, that they shot the whole thing on 50mm. And uh, I was thinking about that then, of like, the idea, like, because well, it's 50mm anamorphic, but, um, like, the idea of, like, 50mm and it being close to the human eye. And I read... Um, Ishiguro Ozu was, would have been um, very happy about that. Yeah, I yeah, but uh, uh, I was thinking about, like... Um, <laughs> Because I think it was the Roger Ebert review of this, and he said that like the, the each frame is almost like a family photo, and I was thinking that the fifty mil and it it that that weird realism that it gives it because it is that sort of that very like um like uh it's almost it is very traditional style yeah and the fact that it is all locked off and so much of it is um but I think that the what kind of gives it that sort of slightly more um uncomfortable aspect is um the fact that he holds shots for so fucking long and that so much of this is like very you know wide shots just held while the characters are moving around sometimes like their heads getting cut off and like it's not first scene i really noticed that where she comes in um to the brother and you know they're standing up and everything and like for a good portion of that you can't see their heads yeah it's the whole weird like you know um like realist and and just sort of um like the i don't know like sitting it, sitting back and just watching the strangeness unfold yeah but by the formality of the of the 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 style yeah it creates in itself a almost hypnotic quality to the movie yeah. and i think that it makes it it's what we we're talking about last week as well of substance and style is that mm. uh, this 
the style in its substance is to stand back, but because it stands back so much, it becomes noticeable. Yeah, it becomes a style in itself. Yeah, so it's a circle. It, yeah, like literally goes up as in it's like fifty mil. Usually, it's almost invisible. Yeah, and but it, the fact of holding shots. For yeah, so like long in the, and even the way that he shoots some things is like very much Ozu like, but again in a fucked it's up mixed way. In, it's mixed in then with um, handheld, but you like I think the handheld is almost exclusively used for um, the kind of uh, the more like exuberant shots of whenever yeah. they're kind of like running or, or fighting or, or, or you yeah. know of the kind of like the the loss of control or or of of their kind of like. Um, their energy not being able to be contained or yeah. something like I yeah. The other thing I really like is uh, we kind of talked about it a bit with the kind of eighties thing, but um, of just like the production design, um, and like the the new thing of like the products with no labels and how there's like cause there's one where it's clearly a bottle of Listerine and with like the you know the the vibrant green aqua color, but there's no label on it and they're like these. And weird... when he tortures the kid of like, oh, your yeah. punishment is to drink this until yeah, well, not drink it to to hold it in your mouth until you can't hold it. <laughs> Which anymore. is a really really useless Listerine. It's a really yeah. horrible punishment, <laughs> but also so strange and almost like, uh, you, you know, like um like MacGyver punishment. You know, like he doesn't like. He doesn't just beat them more. He thinks he doesn't, the box. Yes, he doesn't like, you know, he, he obviously does beat them, but, and, and even like they're, they're kind of weird tests and they're weird. Well, it's, it was pure for the song where he puts the fucking fish in the swimming pool <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and then goes to the spear gun. Like he's clearly not a very good swimmer. So like, <laughs> they don't show him yeah. that <laughs> for very long. He's just, just trying to like make a circle. Like he's just struggling. <laughs> um, yeah. It is a, a very interesting film and like I said maybe because I was fluent and was I was already feeling like shit and after watching uh, <laughs> The Lobster I was expecting something like complex and challenging but uh, yeah. wouldn't like leave me going to bed feeling like an absolute did, terrible uh, person for watching it it did involve another um, per helpless animal getting killed again yeah. that was awful I don't like that that's poor cat, a kitty cat. and as well it's a kitty it's not even like a full grown <laughs> cat gutted yeah. with a fucking oh. garden shears yeah but um yeah i think that as well it's quite like because of the way that the the sex scenes are shot it almost makes you feel complicit to them because you're just sitting there yeah, going but not i don't think quite not in like a michael haneke kind of way yeah like it, it, <laughs> this know? movie has been compared to michael haneke yeah but i don't think that it is as well, it is even bleaker in some ways, but it's less omniscient. No, it's uh, less omni omniscient. It doesn't feel like it's pressing from all sides against you in its darkness. Yeah, as in that the the darkness comes from the levity that this fucked up story is told. Yeah, and I think that it's not like it's not funny games or no, anything. and it's not it's not preachy. You know what I mean? Like it's not. You know, you were saying about something like, you know, it's not nothing. It's not necessarily black and white either in the way that something like Room is, where you know, there's just an evil character and. Well, I, th- I think that the, like just because there is uh, a reason why they're doing doesn't oh, make yeah, them any oh, less evil. They're definitely evil, but they're not faceless. You know what I mean? They're they're characters, and even if they're never quite explained, they're given more humanity than makes them worse for me. But it's because more interesting. Face, 
it is more interesting like completely yeah. agree with you because like a faceless killer uh, is not scary because he's not real somebody that you could go to somebody's office and yeah. talk about buying tiles for your yeah. house and you then don't know. Like, that you person don't know. could yeah like yeah. that's the guy next door kind of <laughs> yeah, thing, yeah exactly what was your favorite thing about the movie i think it was the star like all together like from the performances to the soundtrack to the editing and the direction yeah um i think that it is a very unique style and it's very autorial as yeah if you believe in that <laughs> yeah which i don't but uh, at the same time you can see that his team puts a stamp on yeah, the movies they're always a... the same yeah and in this case i felt that it was like there's no iconic moment as in the lobsters when yeah. colin farrell kicks the kid in the shin <laughs> As in the that moment that you go like, I love this movie, you know. Yeah. I think I'll watch it again just because I'm intrigued by how I'll feel on a second watch, but not because I necessarily want to watch it again. Yeah, I did. This is not as much as I am fascinated by his world. It's this one in particular is not enjoyable. Like it's humorous, but it's not. It's not enjoyable. Yeah, kind of like how we were saying about um, <laughs> I was going to say breakfast at Nuremberg. Um, <laughs> oh Jesus! I really want to watch that movie now. <laughs> we children belong to each other. Uh, <laughs> children at Nuremberg. Uh, <laughs> but whether she starts, they would stick fucking Moon River. That's uh... <laughs> um, and how you can't you can't enjoy it, but you can appreciate it. Yeah. You know what I mean, um, and that like especially in this because it is about like um, it's about like um, uh, beyond the black rainbow as well that you can even if you don't I think this is more successful than beyond the black rainbow but that you can still you can appreciate it for yeah. what the person is trying to do and that this is something unique and something you know but um, well like I think it's a more consistent movie than beyond the black rainbow oh, but yeah, the yeah. height the beyond the black rainbow reaches reaches higher than anything that this movie does yeah so what's your favorite thing um probably the performances because I think that this movie it could have worked with a slightly less interesting visual style but it wouldn't have worked I don't think without the really strong frighteningly so performances yeah from kind of everybody really like they're all it's this weird matter of fact kind of they're very village of the damned uh, kind of performance yeah just and oh everything about their yeah that that and it creeped me out but it's so impressive it's like the entire movie is about the twins from the shining yes oh my god that scene whenever they're dancing <laughs> and the dresses and everything I'm like oh, i can't play with this danny um <laughs> what is your least favorite thing about the movie I really didn't like when they killed that cat. It's the same thing of, uh, like, it's the fact that, like, I don't, you know, I'm not a massive fan of seeing, like, very explicit violence anyways. But it's the fact that it's it, he goes back after you know that he's killed it and you see, it's the same thing of the lobster where you see the guts. And well, like, I think it's necessary. Like, if you're, <laughs> because it truly shows, like, the... I know, and I know it's it's in keeping with his style. It doesn't feel necessarily out of place within his, you know, le letting the camera show you what's happening. There's no, he doesn't cut away very frequently, but I don't know, it's just, I don't enjoy cats getting stabbed with shears. Oh yeah, but... <laughs> but the cat is the most dangerous animal. Oh Jesus. 
my my least favorite thing was yeah. um well probably how i felt watching the movie not that it's a problem with the movie but yeah uh, i don't think that i sat there with the right frame of mind like apparently didn't expect it to be as dark as it was i don't know it made me feel filthy in the shower <laughs> afterwards i'll never be clean i never be clean but not in a sexual way i may add um <laughs> just to be clear because uh, more the i don't know it's how can i put it is it, it's it, not only because it's so unique but it's because i couldn't make he not only gives us a mystery for the story but as well his intentions as a filmmaker why he made this because it is yeah. not and that there were moments that i'm like oh this is like a feminist statement kind of thing because it is about body and sexuality and about ideology and then i'm then the next scene is like this is really fucked up and there's yeah. no place for that discussion in this movie then there's another scene and it jumps around and i don't know if the the idea of the movie that's the thing it's that i don't know if the idea of the movie was to create a conversation afterwards yeah as some polemics are or was it just that latimos is really fucked up in the head and thinks that like you could understand this movie or what he wants i don't think that he's just straight up fucked up or like in the same way that kubrick is i think well yeah but like, imagine this compared to uh, Clock same Clock way that, the same way that Kubrick has, which makes it okay. <laughs> like, but, Kubrick was a madman. But if you <laughs> compare this to uh, a Clockwork Orange, for example, there's yeah. a film that gave me a similar feeling while watching it. But at least I could understand what the director was going for, even though it's kind of open ended. Yeah. Well, in this, I was kind of more kept in the shadows. And usually I don't have a problem with that. It's just mm. because of the topics that it's it hit. Un- it's just uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. That was uh, Dogtooth. Um, I don't know whether or not... I, I film I would recommend, but with some form of warning. that Watch it because it's fascinating, but you will feel unclean afterwards. Um, but uh, <laughs> if you want to find us, um, you find us on Twitter at The Rec Game or on Facebook at The Recommendation Game. Or if you want to email us at TheRecommendationGame at gmail.com. And next week's film is Ricardo's Choice. My man, Michael Mann, and Manhunter. So you got four <laughs> mans there. No, three. Jesus. Um, uh, yes, we're, we're moving away from the dark movies, aren't we? Um, oh, but we're going to Hollywood, you know. Oh, yeah. It's bound to have a happy ending, right? Right? Um, so, <laughs> uh, I was Orla Milius. I was somehow still Ricardo Deacon. I'll survive. I will survive. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you next week.